Greetings, rare ones. My name is Joanne, and I started the Rare Birds podcast because I wanted to hear from people like myself who come from emerging markets or the developing world, as we're called, who are entrepreneurial, resourceful, passionate, and energized to take their vision from idea to startup. Each week, you will hear me interview founders and teams from across emerging markets who are in the early stages of building their businesses. From time to time, you will also hear me speak with established ecosystem builders, mentors, investors, and business professionals who share knowledge based on their years of experience. This podcast is for anyone who is interested in hearing from the next wave of change makers across emerging markets, building in various industries from agro to tech to health, beauty, and all in between. This podcast is also for those who have ideas, but they're not entirely sure how to make them a reality. They're looking for inspiration and encouragement. We call ourselves Rare Ones. And if this sounds like you, then welcome to the family. Sit back, relax, and listen in to our always so good conversation. Bye for now. Greetings, rare ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds podcast. And I am your host, Joanne, and we are back with another episode. And tonight, I am joined by Evu, who is based in the Gambia. Evu, welcome to the podcast. Hi, uh, thank you very much, Joanne. Uh, it's a pleasure for me to be part of uh, this episode tonight. Thank yes. you once again. Evu Lawrence. So Evu, where in the Gambia are you? Uh, I currently live uh, in Serakunda, uh, the Kanifi municipality. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually one of the, the, the economic city uh, of the country. Okay, brilliant. Well, I'm really, really excited to have you on. Welcome to the show. So Evu, before we jump into your business, I want you to tell us who are you, what, what do you do outside of, outside of running your business? Who is Evu? Great. Um, Evu Lawrence Mendy is actually a, a software engineer by profession. Mm. And uh, I'm a young Gambian entrepreneur. Um, I, was in, I was born and raised in the Gambia. I also studied here uh, up to my BSc level. And, uh, you know, uh, after my uni, I have worked with uh, some companies. I have worked with Insist uh, Global, which is uh, a software development company in Gambia. And, uh, you know, I joined as an intern and I rose through the ranks to become the team lead for the ARP suit. And uh, in 2016, around May, I quit and I joined uh, Alatest.com. They're actually based in Sweden, but I was working as an offshore uh, uh, software developer for some months, and uh, I also joined uh, Zander.net in London as a web developer. So uh, in 2017, I think around February, I I decided to quit my job and um, and I started uh, my own. Uh, enterprise because basically uh, I always have this that before I hit the age of 30 I must start my own company so you know and uh, when I was 
in 2017, I was approaching my 28th birthday. So I decided to say, hey, look, this is the time for me to go. Mm. So that was the reason why I had to quit and uh, my job. And I started uh, Kameko, which is actually uh, a startup that focuses more on developing customized software solutions for businesses in Gambia. So we focus more on web apps and mobile apps for businesses in Gambia. So uh, yeah. um, around uh, December, the same year, uh, one of my friends, 2017, my friend was actually robbed by a taxi driver. So. <laughs> Mm. It was quite painful. So as a result, I thought of introducing an Uber-like app for the Gambian market. So that's basically where Ride Africa comes into play. So uh, Ride Africa is one of uh, the things that we do here in Gambia. So we provide, uh, you know, uh, safe and reliable taxi transportation in Gambia using the mobile app. So uh, that we have confirmed our MVP in uh, December 2019. So we are looking to, to roll out fully uh, very soon, hopefully before the end of the year. So uh, apart from my work, I am passionate about uh, you know, youth development. I've worked with young people for a while now, you know, with uh, gun mines and also uh, with the centers as youth. So yeah, so basically that's who am I. That's, that's everyone two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Evu, uh, yeah. you said you you I mean, you saw you've always been involved in tech. What sparked your interest in tech? Where did that come from? Sorry, you're interested in technology, right? You've always been interested yeah. in technology. Uh, you studied yeah. engineering and everything in university. So can you tell us where did your interest in technology come from, or when did it start? Oh, okay, great. Um, Immediately after high school, I actually I wanted to study architectural draftsmanship. That was basically what I all wanted to do. But uh, after high school, I was, um, you know, I had to wait for my results to come out before I actually go to a technical school. Mm -hmm. I mean, a technical institution for me to study architectural draftsmanship. But as I was waiting, I had to keep myself busy. So I got enrolled in a short course on information technology. So whilst I was doing that program, that's basically how I became so I became so in love with what I was doing. So I then I had to talk to one of my instructor, and I was like, you know, I want to see how best I can further this. So that's basically how it comes to play and it was like yeah you can go to the university and study computer science and you know so that's basically how everything started so after you know i got to the university i studied computer science and in my final year you know i got an internship so whilst i was doing my internship i become more interested in software development because when i was going for my internship i was not quite sure basically where i'm gonna specialize in Mm. So uh, during my internship, I became so much uh, passionate uh, when it comes to developing apps and all that. So that's basically how it grew, and uh, I ended up uh, here. Yeah. Right. And you said you tell us the name of your company that develops apps. What's the name of it? Cameco. 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 And you said you started Cameco. And it focuses on app development. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, not, not about the Uber-like app just yet, but tell us a little bit about the types of apps that you've been developing to date. Okay, yeah. So uh, 
for Cameco, we focus more on developing mobile apps and uh, web apps. And uh, so basically, we uh, it's more like a consultancy uh, firm. So we developed uh, customized software solutions for businesses. So we don't have like uh, off the shelf apps. Now we, you know, customers come to us and we're like, okay, this is what we want to do. We want you to develop this particular app for us. And uh, they'll tell us basically what's their workflow. I mean, um, you know, so based on those information, so we developed it uh, for them. So that's basically what we have been focusing on. So we don't develop apps and then we sell. No, we allow customers to come in and say, okay, this is what we want. And, you know, this is how we want it to work. And then we develop it based on, on that. Yeah. Right. And is it a large team? Yeah. For now, we are, we are, we are four. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we are just, oh, yeah. And all of your clients are in the Gambia or do you have international clients as well? Yeah, uh, we have, most of our clients is, uh, are in the Gambia. We, we have developed a couple of projects for uh, companies outside the Gambia because we have done one for, uh, for Sadhguru in uh, Casablanca. Mm. That's uh, Morocco, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we've, we've, we've done quite, yeah. So uh, we are currently actually doing one for somebody in in Italy. Okay. You know, uh, yeah, it's it's like uh, it's more like an, an e-commerce uh, platform okay. or, or a multi-vendor platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit generally about the tech scene in the Gambia? What is it like? Um, Gambia, it's picking up, but slowly. Yeah. You know, uh, but but thanks be to God. Uh, I mean, thanks be to COVID nineteen, mm. <laughs> as some people are now embracing it. But but initially, it was kind of difficult to penetrate the market because uh, when it comes to tech, uh, there are so many things involved, like the environment and all that. You know, you talk about the internet connectivity, you talk about you know policies and all those kind of things. So it's kind of very difficult to do certain things here when it comes to tech in Gambia. And uh, for example, if you want to do an e-commerce uh, website or platform, like getting an, an online payment platform, it's next to, you know what I mean, like getting somebody who has done that in Gambia is very difficult to find. So, you know, and uh, connecting to banks, um, you know, APIs from banks, from mobile money, you know, all those things have very hard to get it implemented here. So, but then, uh, you know, people are beginning to get into it, trying to see how best they can solve it. So it's coming up, but it's just kind of slow. Yeah. Yeah. And now to the exciting part, let's talk about your Uber style app. Okay. So there's a story. Tell us a story about what happened with your friend who got robbed by a taxi driver. Yeah. So, uh, it was, it was in December and, uh, that time I I was I just returned from Ivory Coast and uh, you know my friend uh, went to a concert in the night and uh, when she was coming home uh, she decided to this is to a woman hire. yeah yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so she decided to hire a taxi and um, you know when because like in Gambia not all the streets have uh, you know street lights mm. you know so as a result yeah. So when she got to her street, because her street does not have a street light, so the, the driver decided to stop. So when uh, the driver stopped, 
you know, the driver took her phone, her bag, and then pushed her out of the, the cab, and then, you know, he, he drove away. So uh, it was very painful. Uh, imagine what this lady was going through that night mm. alone. So, but then uh, when in the morning I called her phone, uh, it was not going through. So in the afternoon, I mean, in the evening, so I decided to visit her. So when I got there, and you know, that was the time that he explained this to me. And I, at that point, there is nothing that we could do because uh, obviously we could not trace the driver and all those kind of things. So I, the next day when I came to work, so I, I talked to the team and uh, I was like, why not we try to introduce, see how best we can partner with Uber and let Uber come to the Gambia and see how best we can solve this problem. But again, uh, it was going to be difficult for us to partner with Uber. And uh, we were like, why not we develop one that would suit our own environment because of uh, some of the challenges and stuff? Because already we have some of the streets are not named and uh, all that, you know. It's, so we were like, okay, why not we develop one that works for the Gambia and it's safe for all? So that's basically how uh, everything started. Yeah. yeah, I'm really sorry to hear about what happened to your friend. Um, that's yeah. really sad. But I, at, and I'm glad it, 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 it wasn't worse. It could have been worse than just robbery, you know, as a woman. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. that uh, nothing else happened to her. But at the same time, this has led you to where you are now, which is uh, creating this. So, okay, so it's an Uber-style app, right? Yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit about how, how it would function. I mean, is it just like Uber? I mean, because it's got to be retrofitted for your country, right? So what kind of special features does it have? Is it just for women only? Like, tell us a little bit about the app itself. Oh, okay, yeah. So it, it works uh, pretty much uh, similar to, to Uber. So basically uh, what we do is uh, we have the app on Play Store and App Store. So you download the app. What's the app? What's it called, Evo? What's the app called? Right Africa. Right Africa. R Y D Africa. Africa. Yeah. R Y. So, okay. So, Good. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, what what you do? You download the app. Uh, we have a, a drivers that we are working with. Not all the drivers because the, we need to get the drivers. Uh, you know. So we have the drivers on the platform. So you download the app and then uh, whenever you want to go out, you use the app to request for the the nearest driver. But again, um, as I said earlier, there are certain things that we that are not on our control, like internet connectivity and all those kind of things. So uh, we also uh, have uh, what we call the, our, our call center. So you, if you don't have internet connectivity or you don't have a smartphone, uh, you can call. Uh, you know, then when you call, you tell us where you are and uh, where you want to go. So based on this information, they we're gonna key in this information in our platform and then we get you the nearest driver and then we'll let you know that okay the driver with uh, registration number xyz it's going to be in your location in the next five ten minutes mm. so that's basically and then this is how much you're going to pay so mm. you know so that's basically how we connect them so in the event that they don't have internet connectivity or they don't have a smartphone and they want to use the safe ride yeah. yeah. So this is the two ways that working. Yeah. So how are you sourcing the drivers, and how are you ensuring that the drivers are going to provide safe a safe service to the passengers? 
Yeah, so one uh, one thing is uh, we are concentrating, like right now we are concentrating on two uh, municipalities, that's the Banjul and uh, KMC. So, like if you know Gambia, it's not a big country and uh, we are just a population of about two million people. And, uh, you know, uh, half of these people live in almost uh, just in two local government areas. So that's mm -hmm. where I am and, you know, some parts of uh, uh, become an area council. So you realize that uh, like the area that we are covering uh, is not that very big, you know. So basically, what we do is the drivers will actually have to come to our office, and then they all have to sign a contract. We have to take their headshot. We have to take their ID card, you know, photocopy everything, get that in our system and all. Mm -hmm. So you know, uh, you as a customer, when you are requesting for the cab, uh, you'll actually see the picture of the driver coming in. So in the event that somebody comes who is different from that person, you can just say, hey, no, I'm not going with you. So, you know, all those things, that, that that's what basically we put on our, uh, to make sure that uh, we we know the driver who is taking you and, and all. And, uh, you know, the drivers, when they are registering on our platform, and even the customers, they have to input in their, their telephone numbers. And in Gambia, like all the telephone numbers are registered. So when you buy uh, your SIM card or so, uh, you need to go with your identity card, whether your passport or your national ID card and stuff. So mm -hmm. we can actually use the phone numbers to trace, just, just add some additional uh, things that we can use for the, for, for, to see how best we can trace the drivers and all. So, you know, these are some of the things that we, 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 we use. Uh, to do that. And uh, one of the things too is uh, if we choose to track the driver as the driver is moving, mm. uh, we can as well uh, do that uh, from the office. You know, mm. so all those things okay. are, are in place. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we so you've got, that. you've got GPS tracking so you can yeah, see, yeah. you can see where the drivers are. And it sounds like you have a vetting process that you put, you put the drivers through and you get all of their information. Okay, have you yeah. have you considered segmenting uh, like your your markets? Like for example, women only drivers. Uh, I know Gambia has a massive tourism industry. Uh, drivers just for tourism. Uh, I know when we first spoke, you talked about. Um, I think you were just looking at was it business businesses business to business. So I'm curious, is it just open at the moment to everybody, and you're going to make it a bit more niche and offer different types of services? Yeah, for, for now, uh, it's, it's, it's actually, when we were doing our testing in 2019, uh, we, it was actually open to everybody. But again, mm. uh, we're trying to see uh, how best we can, uh, you know, as, we, as everybody comes in, you know, we also, uh, you know, uh, we, we also looked at different areas, which is especially the tourism area. So basically, we're looking at uh, tourists, and you know, and Gambians, and those who are not tourists. So that's basically what we were trying to see how best we can get this data. So Gambia, we have uh, a lot of tourists coming in. Uh, it's actually more in a six months period. So, um, so basically, when we're doing the testing, uh, we have the tourists there, and we also have uh, those who are not tourists, that's been uh, the Gambians on, on the platform. So now, uh, what we are looking at is in the future when we we, we relaunch the platform uh, we'll have 
different types of cabs on the platform. So you can have you can hire the normal taxi or the tourist taxi because in Gambia we have this type of tourist, uh, taxis. We have the tourist taxi, and we also have the the normal taxi. So the tourist taxis are usually more expensive, you know, than the normal taxi. So so that's basically what you are looking at. So when you are requesting for a cab, uh, you can choose either the normal taxi or just the or, or the tourist taxi so this is basically uh, what we are looking at so you realize that most of the tourists uh, will prefer to go in for the tourist taxi maybe for some other reasons the comfort and all those kind of things yeah, yeah. and you said you've got an mvp right now you said you've yeah. you've been you've been testing it right so what has the feedback been thus far from your users yeah. Oh, the, the feedback had been good, uh, though we we got we got some challenges. But overall, the feedback uh, was actually very encouraging. Uh, yeah. We got our, yeah our biggest challenge basically was uh, the internet connectivity because at some point it mm. drops. Of course. So when yeah. it drops, we don't get yeah we don't get real time feedback. You know of what is happening. So you know that's basically uh, something. And, and that's why I was saying in the beginning, uh, the environment, uh, it's actually a challenge here, you know, when it comes to doing some tech business, but otherwise, you know, the feedback has been very good. So because, how are you, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah because uh, even some of the tourists uh, do experience some kind of rubble mm -hmm. before, but with this, you know, it's, it's a different thing altogether. So now they, they, they are sure that, okay, uh, I'm not going to get robbed by this particular driver or something, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, so how are you going to circumvent that challenge? I mean, these types of apps, you need internet, right? So how are you going to do, how are you going to work around that? Yeah, so basically uh, what we're trying to do is to make the, the app, you know, as light as possible. So uh, we will not be sending a lot of data through the internet. So mm. maybe uh, we'll just concentrate on uh, sending updating the coordinates at uh, interval. Let's say after one minute, the two minutes, we update the coordinate so that we don't uh, consume, we don't rely much on the internet. So, so in that, that's basically what we are trying to do. Because if we are sending a lot of data, on, you know, that if the internet drops and it does not come back, at, you know, then we'll have a, a very big problem. So also what we are trying to do is uh, we keep the data when the internet drops. So once the internet comes back, we automatically update that information. You understand? Mm -hmm. So that's basically what, what we are doing. And uh, we are also encouraging uh, people to, to use the, our call center. Mm -hmm. You know, in the event that they have internet connectivity, they can call and then we can always connect them to the nearest drive. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, something you discussed is um, expanding throughout the continent. Tell us a little bit more about that. Your plans yeah, to do so, that. Yeah, so that's basically where the Africa comes into play anyways. So <laughs> that's why we call no, it. No, because rideshare right, right apps have had some challenges in different countries in, uh, in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's, 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 that's basically, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. Uh, we, we've made some kind of research. Uh, when when it comes to that, but uh, you know we are looking at expanding to other African countries. And uh, as we speak, we actually incorporated in Ghana. We are just waiting for to see uh, how best we can we can roll that also there. 
So yeah. uh, there are certain things that we looked at, especially like uh, in, in, in Accra, uh, what we can do, what, what, what we are also looking at is, uh, if you have traveled to Accra before, you realize that uh, the traffic is very bad. Like, I mean, you can spend minutes, hours on the traffic if you are in Accra. Mm-hmm. So now, but then we also have the motorbikes in Accra. Right. You know? Yeah, so uh, like uh, the 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 motor the drive, the riders can just go through the traffic and get to a destination in a very short time. But again, uh, they have a problem with the motorbikes because of the security aspect. Mm. So our partner, yeah, our partner in Ghana thought that okay, why not we introduce this app for the motorbikes because we don't have that in Ghana. Mm. So yeah, so so yeah, so that's basically uh, what. We, we, those are the things that we looked at uh, when we want to expand to a particular country. Like the right. car too, the car have, have a similar problem. Mm-hmm. The car, you know, the traffic too is also very bad, but they don't, uh, government don't encourage people to use motorbikes because of the security. Yeah. So now, yeah, so, yeah, so, so as a result, if you want to introduce something like that, you should be able to provide, hey, look, this is what, uh, we are going to provide in order to mitigate this particular problem. So that's basically uh, how we are looking at it. Yeah. I mean, Uber is already up operating in, in various cities around the continent as well, yeah? So. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, we, so we are looking at the, where, you know, we can get in and then, make it work for yeah. yeah absolutely so it so when you go to ghana it wouldn't be a car it'd be the bikes right the bike yeah the bike. okay so i guess depending on where where you what country you're going to the model would be the same but the type of transport might be different might be different yeah correct got it got correct. it so you said it's going to launch when is it going to launch at the end of this year or are you looking at quarter one next year um, we we actually we we were gonna launch uh, in this quarter. That was the plan, but you know, uh, COVID nineteen has changed a lot of things. So now we are because right now in Gambia, as we speak, our cases are rising like like seriously. But the mm-hmm. last twenty we had like seventy percent in increase. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of scary. Now we are getting into the peak of because before all the almost. Uh, 90% of the cases were imported. Yeah. But for the last 20 days, we are now getting community transmission, like local transmission, which is very dangerous. So that is because as of tomorrow, uh, face mask is going to be mandatory here. But we mm. don't have that all this while. Yeah. So that means uh, we still have to wait and see how things go and to, for us to relaunch. But uh, we definitely want to. Uh, Relaunch this latest, you know, uh, first quarter of next year. That's basically, uh, you know, what our plan. Latest first quarter of next year, we should launch this. That's so exciting. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So you mentioned that uh, something that you're really passionate about is working with young people. Can you tell us a little bit about the work you're doing with young people at the moment in your country? Yeah, so um, I, I worked with, uh, with, with, with a non-profit um, in Gambia called uh, Gamans. So I am actually the founding secretary. 
Mm -hmm. So gum mines, yeah. So basically, it's Gambia mines, if you like. But the mines, they are. It's actually an acronym. It stands for, uh, you know, motivating, inspiring, nurturing, developing, and supporting. Mm. So uh, yeah. So the the next generation. So basically, we focus more on the education, entrepreneurship, and innovation. So. Um, like we have we, we have done a lot of things in Gambia, uh, myself and some young people. But like uh, if you if you have been following the news, you realize that most of our young people uh, died in the Mediterranean, you yes. know, trying to reach you and all those kind of things. Yeah. We did Gambia a podcast, we did a podcast interview on it when we did our Gambia series. We had someone oh. yeah, mm -hmm. we did. So we have a very good number when it comes to this irregular migration. So, but then uh, one of the the reason why people move is uh, a lot of people don't believe that they can make it here. That's the yeah. bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they they believe that hey, look, we cannot make it here. But again, we have been here. I was born and raised here. You know, I studied here and everything. I, you know, I've worked for companies outside of Gambia, but I was still here. Yeah. You know, when I was doing all that, yeah. So I've traveled to different countries as well. But you realize that, uh, you know, but how can we, because sometimes people need, in fact, the reason why some people believe that they cannot make it here is when they see some of their friends or people that they know, they've traveled, they've been to the European country, they come back, they're able to do some, some things in their country and all. So they were like, hey, look, this guy was here, we were able to do this, but he has traveled and he has come back, he is able to do all these things. Mm -hmm. So now, now, how can we make sure that, okay, somebody who has been in Gambia here has never traveled to Europe or it did not go, so they have to see for them to believe that, okay, uh, we can do this as well. So that's basically, so we use our stories to inspire young people so we 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 start with because we want to get them capture them from the school level so we go to secondary school and do what we call stopping in mind course so uh we go from school to school and talk to uh the the administration they will give us an opportunity to talk to to students and then try to you know inspire them encourage them and use some young people who are doing great things let them exp uh share their stories and all those kind of things. So that's one of the things that we do. And the other one is uh, we also have what we call Happening Minds Seminar. So uh, there too, we invite young people free, they come in and then, you know, we have speakers from different walks of life and all those kind of things. So that's basically uh, some of the things that we have been doing here. And uh, we, last year, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was last year, we worked with the U.S. Embassy to implement, uh, you know, community entrepreneurship drive. So basically, what we are doing is, okay, I live in this particular community. There are so many problems that I see around. But how can I change those problems into business opportunities? Yeah. So now, uh, yeah, yeah. So we encourage people to look around their community and come up with business ideas. You know, look at the problems that they have in their communities and come up with business ideas. So we call it community entrepreneurship drive. So, you know, so that's basically, uh, you know, some of the things that uh, we, we that, that I do when it comes to, you know, and that's why I am so much 
uh, passionate when it comes to working with young people in Cambridge. Yeah, you know, when we did, uh, when I did the series, um, the Gambia series, right? We spoke yep. with, um, with one of um, the, the students who participated in the, in the program that Badaba, who you may know, I think you know, um, organized. Yeah. And his name was Babakar. And Babakar, he gave, uh, you know, it was like a really uh, telling interview, quite a harrowing experience about what he went through, etc. And one of the things he said uh, when we spoke was that, you know, I just, I, did, I didn't believe that I could make it here. And that's what you said as well. So yeah. why do people believe that they can't make it in the Gambia? And it's not just the Gambia. I mean, there are other countries in the world where people say that too, but um, it's just because we're focused on the Gambia. Why, why, do you, why do young people feel that way? Because I'm, you know, I looked at your bio, we've talked, and I see all the things that you've done, you know. You've got a list of accolades and accomplishments, you know, all the pitch competitions, Tony Lomu, this, this, that, and the other. Um, and you've never left your country. You've, you've always been there, worked there, everything, and you've managed to, to get opportunities and make a life for yourself. So what is it that is happening that young people don't think that they, could, they, could, they can thrive? Um, you know, one of, in fact, the major, the major problem is we also have a social aspect of it. And yes. uh, in a sense, uh, let's say, okay, I, because for example, myself, during my high school days, I have a young people that I moved with. But today I don't move with them a mm. lot because of maybe uh, what I am doing and what they are actually doing. Yeah. So you realize that, okay, take for example, uh, you know, I think we were about 10 people that was in my circle at the time in, the, in, the, in my neighborhood. So uh, you realize, let's say at that time, let's say after my high school and I decided to, and I, I traveled, for example, I, I traveled to Europe, oh, one of the countries in Europe, and uh, uh, within two years I come back and, you know, I started building some kind of mansions or you know, every month I'll send in some money or when I come back, I'm able to do this particular thing or I'm on social media platform. I put on, or put on all these, you know, nice photos because obviously, you know, social media's life is, is a planned life. You know, mm -hmm. you hardly see people talk about their negative stuff, you know. Before yeah. I put this on social media, I have to think about, okay, this is what I'm going to put there, you know, because this is what I want to get. This is my target you know understand so that's why i'm saying it's a planned life so oh, yeah. as, as a result, so like me doing all those things and somebody who is here maybe at that time when i was here i'm not maybe you know buying breakfast for myself was actually a big problem but i've traveled and i'm able to do all those things so when people see that and they're here they're not able to do that then it becomes another thing so they're now pressured to go, even their relatives, some, some people, you know, if you if you dig deep, you realize that some people that actually they travel, for the uh, using the the irregular means or the back way we call it, mm. they actually financed by their relatives, from their parents. Yeah. Despite the fact that they know that this journey is very risky, but their parents, you know, go to that uh, extra mile to get the money and give it to them, let them go, because yeah. they they've seen that okay. Maybe my neighbor's son has, has successfully get to Italy or stuff, and 
you know, he's able to do this. And one thing that they don't understand is, you know, I don't need to get a lot of money in Europe for me to do so much here. Like, for example, if I get uh, $1,000 and I send it back home, that's about $50,000. And $50,000, you can do a lot here in Gambia. Mm. But uh, that $1,000 cannot do a lot in, in Italy, for example. Right. You understand? So, yeah. So those are some of the things that people, people have to understand to actually know. But if they don't, then it becomes a very big problem for, for us. So, you know, it's actually what they see around, you know, what is happening in our day-to-day interaction with people who are not here and all. So it's very hard. It's very hard for somebody to, like you would tell an individual, uh, you know, Europe is not as you think. They, they will not believe it because already they see what some people are doing over there. And, you know, they are there. They don't even know how they're getting that money and they're able to do some great stuff here. Mm. They, they, what, what they can see is for them to also leave, you know, so want to show that they can, their society will also accept them. So those are those are the things. Those are the things. And I've I've been to so many events and meetings and forums where people ask me uh, whether I really studied here. You understand? So <laughs> you see the mindset, yeah. <laughs> so you see the mind, the mindset uh, issue. So like that's basically how we you know what is really affecting affecting us yeah i i'd like to encourage everybody who hasn't already to listen to series six episode 130 that we did with badaba jama and babakar job and one of the things babakar told us is when he didn't make it the first time he was prepared to go a second time uh so it's i'm not surprised by what you're saying you know parents give their children the money i guess people don't see any opportunity uh, I mean, one of the things that Baraba does is she's got, you know, the entrepreneurial program for migrants. And um, it's essentially using entrepreneurship as a tool to empower these young people so that they don't feel, they can start businesses so that they don't feel the need to uh, get on these boats and take these dangerous rides um, into, throughout Africa and into North America, um, North Africa at, and in, oh, through the Mediterranean, etc. Et but um He's an entrepreneur now, and he has his own business now. But this is only after a really bad experience. So there must be a level of desperation if young people believe that they have to risk their lives because there's no opportunity at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that, that's true. That's quite true. And uh, some of the mistake that we also make here is uh, we always think that politicians can provide everything for us yeah you know very well you know they have a role to play and all those but um i don't want to work you know like working for government what are you getting like if that kind of jobs that you want them to create for you government cannot provide all those kind of jobs so you realize that during the government before the present one there was a lot of frustration uh, because of the dictatorship and all those kind of things and, uh, you know, that led a lot of people also leaving and all those kind of things. But again, you know, when the new uh, government came in, uh, hopes were very high because people thought that, hey, within a inkle of an eye, everything is just going to turn around. Mm. So after, after one month, 
you know, six months, one year, <laughs> it's not coming as they're thinking. So the frustration level also rises up again. And, you know, you realize that people have started moving again. You know, they just have to leave and leave. So, you know, uh, it's some kind of mindset problem and awareness and also accepting the realities of life. So all those things, you know, are contributing factors. You know, <laughs> if you think government, you, we can change this government that is there and we bring in another one. That, I don't see things changing just like that now. It also, and that's basically some of the things that people don't, don't, don't understand. You know, until they understand that, hey, look, politicians are not there to change your life. <laughs> you will always want to move. We always want to change government and all those kind of things. So this is basically some of the things, yeah. So it's about doing for self and, and like you said, developing the mindset that's about uh, empowering yourself and not waiting for government or politicians or somebody else to do it for you. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the thing. You know. So what, what has they been... Have sorry. Like mm -hmm. getting, I mean, they, they have a role, obviously, like getting the environment set conducive for everybody to operate. Yeah, that's they have a role, but like you're sitting down and waiting for them to create those kind of jobs for you. Oh, I don't think that would solve our problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, what has been sort of the success rate of your um, of the work that you're doing with young people? Do you have any stories you can share with us? Some positive stories of young people you've helped. Yeah. Yeah, so we 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 have we have a, a lot of uh, a good number of of, of them. Uh, I wish I can have access to the, the statistics now, but we have a good a good number of them who are doing well. And uh, when we did the community drive, for example, uh, we were able to to get ten people that started some very good businesses because mm -hmm. we had fifty in our platform. I mean, in that program. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, we have ten of them who actually started, uh, you know, developing their own products and, and all that kind of thing. So we actually have one of them who is doing, uh, who, who actually uh, is using uh, aloe vera to make the uh, soaps. Okay. You know, uh, yeah. And uh, she's, she's actually doing quite well because, uh, you know, uh, her, her products are now being sold in, in some uh, pharmaceutical stores. So, which is actually very nice. good. Yeah. So, you know, so these are some of the things that, uh, you know, that we, we, we think that we have a, an impact on, on these young people. Absolutely. So yeah. now that we're near the end of our conversation, we like to ask our guests to share some lessons with our community, lessons that they've learned. So what lessons have you learned from your entrepreneurial journey that you'd like to share with us? Oh, yeah. So most of the time, uh, what I always say is, uh, you know, in anything that you do, you need to understand the why. You know, some people know what they are doing, but they don't know why they are doing it. And uh, a lot of us, that's basically, especially in the entrepreneurship journey, and I think in every other aspect of life. You know, if you understand the reason why you are into something, mm -hmm. when the going gets tough, you yeah. you'll still move. But, you know, if you don't, actually understand or know why you're actually doing this when things are getting hard you'll you'll tend to to to, to run away so yeah so this is yeah this is this is where the problem most of the problem uh is you know you need to 
find the reason why you are doing what you're doing today. Know it's, your it's why. Definitely, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely very, very important. Like today, if I want to quit what I am doing, uh, what motivates? Sometimes, yeah, it's not always uh, all what I'm saying. Maybe it's just the good part of it. But sometimes there are nights that I don't sleep, you know. But I don't quit because I believe that, hey, look, at the end of the day, this is the reason why I quit my job. You know, I would have, hey, what, what, what is better than me working at the end of the month, I got paid and all. But I have to make sure that I work and I also pay some people. So, but then, you know, I, I do that for a reason. I do it for a purpose. So if I really uh, quit now, you know, that means I have to, I will fail a lot of things, a lot of people and, uh, you know, so that's basically the things that we have to be mindful of. Of. Yeah. Until you find out the reason why you are doing this, you know, you have to wait. But if you just jump in, let's say, okay, you've seen Evo um, Lawrence is driving a very nice car today, or he has this particular thing, then I'm also going to do what he's doing. But you don't, really, you don't know why this particular individual is doing it. So once you get there one day, two days, and the things are getting hard, then <laughs> <laughs> the next thing you will think of is to quit or try to look for an alternative or try to look for something else. So, yeah, yeah. so this is basically what I want to share with people. You know, try to get the purpose, the reason why you actually do what you are doing. Yeah. That's a really important lesson, Evu. Thanks for sharing that with us. So where can we find yeah. you and where can we find your company? I mean, I know you're, you're in quite a bit of social media. Can you share it with us so we can follow along and, and know when to... To when your um, final product launches? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm on, on, on Twitter. Uh, you have Ride Africa, you have Kameko Gambia on Twitter. And uh, myself too, uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter. Like my personal handle, that's, that's uh, Mendy1188. You know, uh, on Instagram as well, Mendy. Uh, on Instagram, I, do, I don't do much when it comes to business. I don't. But uh, on Facebook, you have Kameko, Gambia, and you also have Ride Africa. So, okay. and, and our website is uh, kamekogambia.com. And Ride Africa is spelled with a Y, R-Y-D-E, Ride Africa. Yeah. yeah. But we, I'll put all of that in the show notes anyway, so that won't all be right. a problem and people will be able to, to find it. Awesome. Well, it has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much, Evu, and, you know, continued success with everything that you're doing and with the Ride Africa app and look forward to hearing more about it and definitely having you back on again once uh, things have progressed so we can find out more. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Go and on. success with your entrance into Ghana as well. That's really exciting too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Okay, thanks for your time, everyone. All right, folks, that's it for now. And until next time, bye for now. Hey there, Rare Ones. I hope you enjoyed listening into this week's conversation. The Rare Birds podcast is available for listen across all major platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Anchor, and several more. Please share our conversations with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can do so by opting in on our homepage of our website, www.rarebirdshq.com.
The weekly newsletter provides analysis and data around the topics explored in our weekly conversations. Lastly, I would love your feedback and spend way too much time on Twitter. My handle is included in the notes section of each episode. Tweet me your thoughts, ideas, opinions, and feedback because I'm always looking for ways to improve my craft. If you absolutely love what you heard, then rate us on your favorite podcast platform. See you next week for more conversation. Bye for now. Thank you.